presentation, okay? <laughs> All right, so it's Asim presenting a framework to offer this framework for testing IoT. Thank you. All right. So I'll be talking about uh, my pet project called uh, Exploity, a pun on exploit. This is just a framework for uh, uh, security testing or exploitation or just testing uh, IoT. I think uh, Reina and Sebastian have already talked a lot about IoT, so I will not go into the definition and the use case and other things, but what I'll focus more on is how you can uh, uh, use uh, security testing as a standard methodology using uh, either exploit, uh, exploity or, uh, you know, using your own tools as well. All right, this is what I call the shameless uh, marketing slide. So I am the co-founder and uh, director R&D at Pi2 uh, Software Labs. We organize two security conferences, Nullcon Hardware. I have developed few useless uh, open source projects, uh, and uh, I hope that this would be a little bit more helpful than the other open source projects that I've worked on and I give trainings on IoT security as well. All right, so the agenda for the talk today is we're going to talk about IoT security issues and specifically why they happen. Uh, uh, just a high-level overview of the IoT attack surface and the problem statement which led us to start working on this uh, uh, project. All right, so the security issues are primarily because of these reasons, and this is purely based on our experience with talking to startups as well as uh, big companies, including our clients and potential clients. So most of the times, uh, the answer that I get is speed to market because the startups now, uh, the, the hardware platforms have become so cheap that, that you don't need, you know, uh, you can quickly go ahead and uh, start a company uh, an IoT company and quickly create an IoT product if you have a good idea. So, so because of that, then for a lot of domains, there are there are just too many startups who have come up with different uh, uh, products. So the problem is when you when you want to be the first in the market, then you have to let go of uh, a lot of processes, uh, and specifically that affects the software development lifecycle of the product, which includes most of the times or almost. 100% of the times security testing and 80% of the times uh, functional testing as well. And because the idea is let it go into the market, let people get familiar with it, use it, and if there are issues that will fix in the later release. But guess what happens in the later release? The same cycle. They still want to reach the, uh, the market quickly and they have to keep on building new features rather than focusing on functional testing or uh, security testing. And then there are uh, other issues like low motivation for security. Mostly this is the case when uh, funds are concerned. So mostly startups which are not funded tend to you know, uh, uh, delay the process as, as much as uh, possible. Some companies are simply just not aware about certain issues. Like for example, if you talk about uh, uh, Asian companies, for example, they, they will not regard the, uh, the privacy of, uh, uh, or, or the privacy of user or the user data, uh, what a Western company or a US company or a European company would uh, uh, consider. And then final is the power and the cost limitation of security implementation of the device itself because there, there are, uh, uh, most of the times you will have devices which are very, very, very small sensors. 
you would like to implement security but you cannot because the chip itself does not support the amount of security implementation that you want to put on the chip and if you replace the chip the cost of the product increases to an extent where uh, your competition is going to beat you and there are then there are protocol issues which protocol you choose uh, whether you choose a good protocol whether you choose uh, you create your own custom communication uh, and stuff like that all right for, from a very high level uh, overview of attack surface as I think Raina also put it uh, uh, very beautifully uh, we also call it an ecosystem it's it's when you sell an IOT product you're not selling a product but you're actually selling the whole ecosystem because it has a mobile app it has a cloud where all the user data is stored so from the attack surface, the first attack surface is the sensor itself or the device itself because it has a lot of interesting components. Uh, it has, uh, it, the hardware itself uh, is prone to uh, problems given that uh, uh, proper, uh, you, the developers are not aware of security issues on the hardware and keep uh, some of the ports open. And then the, the firmware itself, which is a very common problem, people do not usually tend to encrypt their firmware updates. Uh, storage itself, if the sensor is a little big device which has the capability of uh, external storage or USB connectivity, that itself becomes a very good attack surface to uh, attack the device itself. And if the device is like a gateway or a controller which has the capability of running uh, a proper operating system like Linux, then you have other services running on the gateway as well like SSH, uh, web server or any, any, uh, any standard uh, uh, service. Uh, most likely there might be proprietary service, uh, services running on the device itself and they are more easy to uh, bypass or find vulnerabilities in because they are either t tested by a very limited set of people or not tested at all. Second is the cloud itself. Now cloud here is a very dangerous uh, place to be because uh, cloud is where all the data converges. So uh, the, the architecture, one of the architectures or one of the common architectures that you see in IoT is that your mobile does, may not talk to the device or the sensor directly. So everything goes to the cloud and from the cloud everything goes to uh, the sensors. So, and uh, the interesting fact is that the cloud actually talks to all the deployed products around the world. So instead of hacking into one device, let's say you manage to find a loophole on the cloud and you get code execution on the cloud, you can pretty much own the whole ecosystem because now you have the power to control each and every deployed uh, product around the world. But thankfully, yes, there are a lot of uh, standard guidelines available for uh, uh, cloud and then the last is the mobile yeah mobile itself because this is what uh, gives user the access to uh, the sensor so you get all the uh, analyzed data from the cloud into your mobile app so you can as a user make uh, interesting decisions all right so Getting ready for an IoT pen test, this is exactly what happened to us as well when we started doing IoT pen test. It was pretty interesting because we knew we were getting into a new domain. It was, uh, so we would get to test hardware as well. It was very, very exciting. 
and what you would think is that you're going to beat the shit out of the product because you're really good in security and uh, you're really, really motivated to test uh, this uh, uh, innovative technology. But this is what happens when you get the product home or when you get the product uh, in your office, then you go about looking at what are the interfaces on the, okay, it speaks, this speaks Zigbee, okay, this has BLE, we have to test hardware as well, are there any tools available? And then you start searching for it and you get tons and tons of uh, uh, tools, hardware and software. And most of them uh, are not mature enough because they're open source, written by someone out of interest. So this is where we sat down and thought, how can we cut down the, the learning time plus the time spent on manually installing and learning and working on uh, tools. So this is what led us to start the, uh, the project, which we started, I think, last year. We published the Ruby version. But unfortunately, uh, we had to uh, deprecate the version because there is not much hardware support uh, uh, in Ruby if you compare it with uh, Python. So meet Exploity. It's a framework for security testing. How many of you have uh, worked on any security assessment tool? Like Metasploit, OpenWAS? All right. OK. Yeah. yeah, so just think of it as the IoT version of uh, uh, those kind of tools. So the design goals were uh, uh, simple. It should be simple to use by anyone. It should be extendable if somebody wants to extend. And it should be fairly, fairly simple to write uh, a plugin to extend the, uh, the framework. So the source code for uh, the new tool is available here. I will not get into uh, the source code now. Uh, this is how the architecture is. Right now it is at the alpha stage, so it is pretty simple. It's not very complicated. The whole core framework engine has uh, a protocol package which provides the, uh, the communication uh, functionality to all the plugins. And then it provides a base class which defines how a plugin should work. And then you can go ahead and define all the plugins that you uh, want using the protocols defined within the framework itself and not using any other external uh, dependency. So if you have to write a plugin, it's pretty simple. All you need to do is just define three functions and uh, define the members and define the arguments uh, for uh, your plugin. So out of the three functions, two are optional. All you need to do is basically just define one function that will actually run the test case or misuse case. So this is how a sample class uh, looks like. By the way, this is also published with, with the uh, project itself. Uh, you just define the about plugin, the arguments, and then go ahead and define the, uh, the actual meat of uh, the plugin, which is the execution. So the current plugins that are there are, uh, we have few plugins for uh, BLE communication. We have few plugins for MQTT uh, communication, which we will see. We have a couple of plugins for Modbus read and write. We have uh, can read and write. Can read and write is not uh, published yet because uh, it's almost finished on my machine. I just have to upload it. And then for serial, I have an interesting plugin that brute forces the uh, serial communication. And then we have two exploits for now, a smart plug uh, uh, unauthenticated on off and taplock. Is anybody familiar with taplock? 
All right, so it made uh, some news uh, recently, and we'll come to uh, the Taplock as well. So there, there is a researcher called Cyber Gibbons who uh, did some research and found out the security issues on Taplock, and he was kind enough to send me the actual details plus the basic code, which I've just implemented here now. So let's start with MQTT. Well, there are a lot of issues in MQTT itself, depends on uh, what you're testing. So MQTT is just like a publish and subscribe protocol. You have a broker in the middle and the end nodes can publish and subscribe uh, on topics. So you can publish a message on a topic and you can subscribe on topic. Somebody publishes a message, you get the message uh, back. The protocol itself defines that the dollar sys uh, uh, topic can should not be used by uh, the application code because it is it uh, it is supposed to be used for backend purposes. And then obviously most of the times you will find the implementations using dollar sys to send critical or sensitive information. The other is uh, denial of service in specifically in one of the famous uh, uh, servers called Mosquito. Uh, the uh, the logic for uh, a client connecting is that, so there is something called as a client ID in MQTT that is separate from uh, authentication or user. But what happens is when a client connects with a specific client ID, the server will check if there is any other uh, client connected with the same client ID. If it is, then it will disconnect the previous client ID. And client ID is not uh, uh, a sensitive information. So if you, on, a net, on an MQTT network, if you know how client IDs are generated, whether statically or randomly, and you are able to uh, find out the client IDs of the connected nodes with the broker, you can pretty much shut down the whole network itself just by connecting randomly to specific uh, client IDs. And then you can do authentication brute force and malicious, uh, you can send malicious telemetry uh, uh, data onto the cloud. So we'll take it one by one. I'll just do a demo. I have, thankfully, I have videos for all of uh, uh, the demos. I don't trust uh, the demos working at the last moment. So we'll start with the MQTT. It's a fairly simple uh, plugin, just ch checks for authentication and uh, you can pass uh, a dictionary to it and it will just test that. Kind of like a standard uh, uh, authentication uh, uh, cracker, but specific to uh, MQTT. So I have two users defined, user 1 and user 2, on my local uh, MQTT server, which is uh, Mosquito. And then I run it and then you go into the, uh, the framework, just run list to list down all the available test cases or plugins that are there and then choose your uh, plugin that you want to run. If you want more information on the plugin, you just say run plugin name uh, space uh, hyphen h or hyphen hyphen help. It will give you more information about how do you go about uh, running this uh, plugin. And then you quickly go and run it on uh, the server. It will test and tell you whether the password is correct. So you can use either one password and test with your password or you can uh, generate or just download any password dictionary from uh, Google and just run it over uh, to the MQTT uh, uh, server. All right, so I have this list. Basically, it's just 10 or 10, 15 passwords. But just to give you an idea about uh, uh, what's happening here, so it's trying out each uh, password with the username and uh, telling you which one uh, works. 
All right. So the next is uh, <coughs> malicious telemetry data. This is one thing that I think is going to make uh, a lot of problems for IoT vendors. Uh, <coughs> this is the same problem with uh, web security when it started. So, you know, when people started making websites, uh, there was no concept of untrusted data. They would just trust the data coming in from the browser as is. Uh, I think this, the same trend we are going to see in IoT is because the data is coming in from the sensors but not browsers, uh, the cloud may uh, the uh, the cloud implementations may trust the data coming in and and that's where the problem starts and since it is cloud uh, you know uh, what is the implementation on the cloud side whether you have an interface whether it's going back into the database or what kind of uh, uh, filtering is happening or uh, uh, stuff is happening to the data that uh, a sensor is sending over to the cloud and then based on that you can create your own uh, test case, have a malicious uh, sensor within the network and start sending data uh, to the cloud. So for that uh, demo, I have uh, a very simple application, uh, which is nothing but it just uh, uh, reads, it, it just shows the temperature that is coming from a sensor in the engine room, just to make it a uh, little bit fancy. And it has no filtering. Whatever the data is coming in, it's showing it on the uh, on the admin console. So the moment you see something like that happening, you can quickly start imagining what kind of different test cases you can create for uh, uh, testing the uh, the cloud backend as well. So here I go ahead and run the uh, MQTT publish uh, test case. And this will send uh, uh, the temperature as a float value to a topic called uh, temp. And the cloud application is supposedly picking up the value from the same uh, broker, uh, from the same uh, MQTT broker on the same topic temp. So we go here, it sends uh, 22.5 and it shows the temperature as 22.5. Pretty simple and nothing very fancy here. And if you send 23, it sends 23, it shows up 23. Now what you can do is, so the, uh, the idea I'm trying to explain is that now you can use a specific interface to actually send uh, 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 crafted data onto the cloud using a protocol which was not uh, available, uh, possible earlier. So I just sent an XSS payload and uh, the, the application is showing me the XSS uh, was successful. Now do these kind of things, we had to set up our own scripts and you know, we would write the script and that script may not be used uh, ever again if we don't get the project back. All right, BLE, uh, so for BLE, typically what happens with the devices is that there is weak or no authentication when who, uh, who can write data to the BLE devices and that's when the problem uh, starts. And most of the devices are like that. You connect, you send certain data and it will act uh, uh, based on what uh, operation you tell it to, uh, you've uh, told it to perform. So here I have uh, uh, an example of the BLE uh, implementation here. You can go ahead and run. So you can start from the beginning. You can run a scanner, which will give you information of the devices, which are in the proximity. 
for a specific timeout. You can get more information from the scanner. Once you have a specific device that you want to scan further, you can take the device and then scan it further for its characteristics and values. And once you do a little bit of analysis of the mobile app, you will figure out which specific characteristic is to be used to trigger uh, a specific action on the device. You just pick that uh, characteristic. Uh, there are two things that you can do. You can either just write to that characteristic and then uh, see, the, uh, see the outcome or the result of, uh, uh, of the operation or you can just blindly start fuzzing the uh, characteristic value, both of which you can do it from the, uh, the framework itself. So this, the one that I am doing it right now is for a specific watch and the value that I am writing will change the time on the uh, smartwatch, nothing uh, very fancy. So and then I take uh, the BLE fuzz test case and I can start fuzzing any specific byte within the, uh, the payload that I am sending to the VLA devices. And most of, uh, some of the devices that we have seen, uh, some of them will crash, some of them will change into firmware upgrade or DFU mode, uh, somewhere some will show uh, uh, insane behavior. So you need to have the device with you to uh, see the result of the, uh, the fuzzing operation that you are uh, doing. All right, tap lock, yeah, so as you can see, it says, yeah, uh, it, this is a fingerprint-based uh, lock, so either you can open it through the fingerprint or you can uh, open it through the mobile app. Now, the problem here was that the authentication to open the lock was not derived from the user or a password or uh, anything from the user side, but the authentication was derived from the MAC address of the lock itself. So based on that, uh, somebody just analyzed uh, or Cyber Gibbons analyzed the mobile app and figured out that the MAC address is used to generate a specific, uh, uh, so hash of the MAC address is used to generate two parts of the command. One is called key and, and uh, the serial. And if you just uh, uh, send the pairing data using this, you can pretty much control uh, the device. And it is pretty simple. So the plugin actually allows you to scan. You go into a place, scan for uh, tap locks around your vicinity and open all the tap locks. Or you specify a MAC address for a specific tap lock. And then you, you can open that specific tap lock. So you lock it. And this is already connected to some user. So hardly even takes two to three seconds to just unlock the device. So when this vulnerability was reported, I think the vendor said that we know that this is an issue and we're going to fix it. We don't see it as a uh, critical issue and we're going to fix it in the next release. Anyways, by the time the researchers published, they were forced to recall some of the devices. All right, finally is UART. So UART, uh, if you don't know, this is nothing but uh, a serial communication protocol that is used by the microcontroller. 
typically in case of sensors, uh, you would use, for example, UART communication between the microcontroller and a peripheral device like an LCD screen or anything. And uh, developers have been using open UART ports on their devices for troubleshooting. So typically what they will do is keep one of the UART line. So it has two wires, an RX and TX, to communicate with uh, the other UART device. And they will keep it open on their device. And at the back end, they will have uh, 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 an application running which will do the TX and RX over the UART port. And typically, this, these applications are uh, uh, shells, uh, like your busy box, uh, which may give you uh, random user uh, access, or most of the times, root shell access. If not root, then it might be their own custom console, which will give you uh, limited access with uh, uh, some commands. Most of the times, you will find if it is a custom console, it is, again, bound to have security problems because of the reason that it's not tested enough. So you would find memory corruption issues. You would find you know, uh, command in injection issues in this. And, uh, and typically, vendors would keep hidden commands which are not displayed when you say help or question mark or something, but those command are, commands are there. And you can, if you know the commands, you can use it to do some privilege operation on the uh, devices. And that is, so these two things can be taken care of by uh, this plugin called uh, Serial Brute. It will brute force uh, over UART communication to figure out and match the response. And then based on the response, uh, it will say whether it's a hidden command or not. And both of, all of the things uh, are something that you provide. So for this, uh, what we what I have used here is uh, our own device called uh, uh, Diva, uh, Dam Insecure and Vulnerable App for uh, IoT. I usually use it for to train people on what are the security issues on a hardware, and this has this uh, specific console, uh, Diva console. So if you type anything, it says invalid input, which is almost the same case with any kind of uh, custom console. It'll say they, either it'll say invalid command error or something. And these are the valid commands. So you have .h, .l, .x, uh, .c, .b are the valid uh, commands. And if you say .l, it will give you the list of challenges that are available on the hardware board, which you can uh, uh, learn. All right. So we now disconnect and go back into the uh, the, uh, the exploity console. And then, so these are basically just the options that are available. Nothing. Uh, again, very fancy. All it tell, asks you is the character set that you want to fuzz, uh, and uh, uh, how do you want to match or no match, uh, whether you want to match a certain input or no match. So it will just go ahead and, uh, sorry, I'm out of time, so I'll just quickly say, mention. So you, it will just go ahead and randomly start sending data and parsing the input. And the moment when I say no match, invalid. So the moment it finds a no match against invalid, it will say that this looks like a valid command. And then you can go ahead and further analyze whether it was an actual command or not. All right. I think I'm almost out of time. So yeah. So for the roadmap, I'm uh, going to implement JTAG, SPI, I2C, and other hardware protocols in this. Radio protocol support, I'm waiting for uh, either Killer B to port to Python 3, or I'll have to implement my own uh, uh, Zigbee library, uh, LoRa, Z-Wave, whatever is uh, possible, and firmware analysis test, case, test cases. 
and obviously more IoT exploits as and when I come to uh, know about more exploits. All right, I think that's about it. So uh, we, uh, the home for the project is going to be exploity.io. Uh, we've just not started the website yet because we're going to start a store also where we're going to sell a lot of other IoT security tools. Uh, I'm currently working on the contributor license agreement uh, because I've been advised to have one. Uh, and if you're interested in uh, helping out with the project or suggesting, more importantly, suggesting uh, improvements suggesting plugins and exploits, just feel free to send me an email on asim at pi2.com. And I think uh, that that's about it. If there are any questions, then we can take it now. Thank you very much. Questions? I said nobody will sleep. Prove it. <laughs> All right, so just uh, try it out, and if you like it or if you know somebody who works on IoT security, please suggest the project to them. Uh, it's called Exploity. Again, pun on exploit. Thank you. Thanks again. So we'll have the break till 20 past 4. Yeah? Right. Thank you.